Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, Brad Morris. Now, before we get into this week's edition, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to us from and follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. Right, Brad, the Champions League talk. We've had the end of the round of 16 games and it ended in disappointment for Manchester United. I love that when it comes to some of these podcasts, you just don't even let me introduce yourself. You don't ask how I'm doing. Like I feel like that's stopped a lot, and I don't know how I feel about that. Well, it's because we have a lot to talk about, that's why. Well, we do, but you know, you don't care about <laughs> I'm failing on you at a, at a Friday morning. Well, okay, I know how you're are all depressed, you? your team season's over, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nothing left to live for. <laughs> Jesus. He says was well, completely smiling and laughing. Uh, is that like a typical anyway. United fan when they call into like Five Live or something? Oh God, I can't listen to standard football fans. They do, they do my head in. Anyway, let's You've get on to the game itself. Our, uh, our viewers are much smarter than the average football. I'm fan, sure they are. Honest. Though, otherwise, they wouldn't. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to the greatest podcast since sliced bread. Alright, you've gone too far now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the action on Tuesday night. Manchester United welcomed Atletico to Old Trafford and it's safe to say Atletico made the theatre of dreams their own home on Tuesday. They just outclassed Man United from minute one onwards. Yeah, and for someone who likes playing against Atletico, where was Cristiano Ronaldo? All this. I just couldn't help but notice that the band was more ghost rather than goat in this one. I think he was, he was back in Portugal on his holiday again. But honestly, he was and like we said on uh, Monday when we previewed the games ever so slightly, we talked about what his inevitability is like against Atletico Madrid and what impact he has against them. And everyone know or at least knew that before the game yet. This game, he was non-existent at all. Yeah, I don't think it's not all on Ronaldo. There are a lot of players that were not fully at it again. Like, oh yeah, well, that, now I can go for Mister Bruno Fernandez. What on earth was happened with him? I wish I knew. I really did. But yeah, um, the whole squad was just poor. I mean, that whole game. I mean, the fact that the highlight for Man United was that piece of magic from Fred just before Renan Lodi scored shows how bad Man United are. It's summed it up really like Fred actually doing something pretty amazing and actually Brazilian as well for a change. Yeah. It's just like you know you're down bad when that's happening. Well, hey, not really because you probably should have given the ball more often. Mm. And I mean... I'm not going to go too deep into the whole restructuring of Man United and what I idealistically would want to happen. But again, it's another trophyless season for the club. Ronaldo's first trophyless season since his first season at Real Madrid. There's just more question marks as the months go on than there is answers at this point. Yeah, and that's a going to extra time podcast. It's maybe to cover in the future. Yes. But, but it felt catastrophic really didn't it but mm. at the end of the day like some you have to be a little bit level headed and go well, actually it's not that damning when you do think about it there's players there that can be a shining light you've got to, you've got to pick the right players to build something around like, yeah. good at, I feel like this summer will be defining a little bit you'll see lots of Pogba go whether Rashford goes or not is still up for debate even though he wasn't great in this but mm. yeah I think tactically that Manchester United have been ruined a little bit yeah uh, it's just even more present and telling that there's they've got good players but they don't have a squad if that makes sense like no one is playing for each other they're all playing for themselves and you can't be doing that at this top level of the game and try and get victories uh, to advance, obviously, in this case, to the quarterfinals of the Champions League or try and win 
league titles. You just can't do that because you're going to get found out and you need a good cohesion of squad players rather than superstars. Is and I mean, if I could just add, the best way to put it is that some of them just can't play the style that you're attempting to play. Mm, which for a professional footballer is embarrassing. But then again, the way, Harry the, power. the way Harry Maguire is playing, can he play any sort of style? Well, yeah. And briefly, I just want to skip back to your point a second ago. Like you said, that there's a few players that you can see that uh, United could potentially do. And I was thinking to myself, right, if I'm the owner and this is how I'd do it the next season, the players I would 100% keep and look to build around would be uh, Anthony Alanga, one of the bright young sparks at the minute, uh, Bruno Fernandes because I think he's too valuable to give away. Yeah, I, I, and I think if, if, if I could add the we point need... with Bruno, I feel like for now, yeah, you would keep him. But if that if this downward mm. turn continues into like next season, and then maybe the season after that, get rid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another one, I think Rafa Varane. I think he, let's be honest. He's not just going to have turned into a bad defender in one season. It's because he has shit defenders around him. Yeah, playing Harry, Harry Maguire would do that too. Uh, David De Gea, I would keep as well. Oh, oh yeah. And then I'm struggling elsewhere. Hmm. Uh, Jaden Sancho was the other one because yeah, he's turned it around since the new year. That was the other one I had. Yeah, like. It's not as easy as, oh, let's just sell all these players and bring in a load of new players, because then that makes it even more difficult. You've got a load of players then to try and build something around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not an uh, easy task to do, and I'm just saying this as like a wide spectrum and what I ideally would like to happen. I know, in reality, it's impossible for this type of stuff to happen, uh, but there is going to be a massive rebuild needing to happen this summer, and whoever the manager comes coming in is whether it is Eric Ten Hag or Mauricio Pochettino they have to get it right straight away otherwise it could go from bad to worse for United I have to say both Ten Hag and Pochettino will fit beautifully at Manchester United as well because they also can't get past the last 16 in the Champions League yes um, final thing on the United game I think it just shows the quality difference like we've been talking for the past couple of months uh, how bad Atletico looked this season in La Liga compared to what they were like last year yet the fact that Man United made them look like world class shows there's a massive gulf in difference between the two sides it was, at this minute in time it was just tactically out beaten one team mm. hit the target one didn't it's just funny because United couldn't yeah. hit the target in this game and it was also interesting to see that United fans couldn't hit the target either when Simeone was running down the touchline. <laughs> I mean, he's the right there, lads. Have you missed him? Yeah. I'm not advocating for assault, I but he's right he... there. <laughs> I was about to say, you were completely different to what I was saying uh, to you the other day about the hurricane. Funny thing as well, he wasn't even goaded him. He was just going back into the tunnel and they've all decided, prick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There's a full war like, vault as well. What a waste. <laughs> anyway, let's have a look at the other games that have happened uh, this week. Speaking and... of a team that went over Wimper. Yep. No Ronaldo, no party. It, ha it happened for Juventus as they were eliminated from the Champions League by Villarreal, losing 3-0 uh, in the second leg and 4-1 on aggregates. I mean... What a carnage of the last twelve minutes of that game was! Like I just wasn't expecting that to happen at all. They appeared to just throw it away, like it felt mm. clear. And is it funny that since Giorgio Chiellini made those comments about Tottenham, Juventus have gone out in the last sixteen three years in a row? Yeah, it's like karma has well and truly come back to hit Juventus. How very Juventus! -y. Doesn't work as much as Spurs. -y. Italian Spurs then. Is that what Juventus have become? In Champions League, yes, not elsewhere. They're still way, way better than Spurs. But looking at this game, Juventus had 14 shots, 5 on target. Villarreal, 8 shots, 3 on target. Like, all their goals came from shots on target. And it just shows you don't need to be dominating the game in terms of possession and chances. You've just got to convert the chances. 
that you get and uh, Unai Emery's side completely did that I forgot who the manager was for a second then yeah you always have to remember that it's Unai Emery who was the manager who knows maybe he could have done something with Arsenal but obviously that's irrelevant Arsenal are good now with Mikel Arteta but yeah, Unai Emery is a European competition genius I know it's weird how well he does in the European competitions and then uh, league wise he doesn't do so well I mean they're currently 7th in La Liga uh, only 2 points off uh, Europa Conference League place for next season but he does really well in the European competitions obviously we know they won uh, the Europa League last season on penalties beating Man United So and now this season the fruit of the quarterfinals when it, at one point it didn't look like they were going to get out of the group because obviously they were in United's group with Atalanta and Young Boys as well Yeah, this should have been easier for Juventus but there's if I have to bring this up as well because there's going to be a lot of like flack thrown towards Andrea Agnelli now you would think like a lot mm. more anger at the Juventus board because they've failed really this man tried to take them to the Super League and they're still at the same level that they were before then yeah there's been like they've made the good signings obviously with Dusan Vlahovic Manuel Locatelli but there isn't really that improvement where you can say oh they're dominating uh, the Italian league they're dominating the games in Europe and you can say okay maybe it's a bit understandable why he wanted this European Super League the fact that, like you said, now the last three times in the uh, Champions League they've been knocked out of the last 16, they're falling away at the wayside in uh, it's, uh, in the Italian League shows that everything that he wanted to do was just wrong and it would make no sense for them being in the competition. Yeah. Of course, what they fell away at the start, they're on a unbeaten run in the league right now. So they're not far off, but I, oh, I yeah, don't yeah. expect them to win the league this year. They've got a lot to work on. Uh, but yeah credit to Villarreal for getting uh, through to the uh, quarterfinals definitely wasn't expecting that uh, at the head of this fixture list Uh, the final two games that took place Benfica managed to beat Ajax uh, 1-0 Darwin Nunez scored the sole game uh, goal of the game a very good talent of uh, Uruguay and formerly of Peñarol who if anyone knows about Peñarol they have produced some uh, top quality players over the last couple of years uh, Facunda Palestri the youngster at Man United well, uh, he's got a way to go yet to be classed in the same breath really oh yeah well, uh, they, they've got like a good four or five players in like the last two years per year old that have came through and gone on to do good things uh, in the top European leagues and MLS uh, Darwin Nunez again he was the subject of the interest from West Ham in this most recent window uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a move in the summer to like a big European team but Ajax losing considering I think many before this game would have had them as probably the favourites at the start of the tie yeah and for what I'd seen it was described as a bit of a smash and grab this one with Benfica yeah I mean again very similar to the Juventus one Ajax 16 shots 2 on target Benfica, four shots, one on target, which obviously was Nunez's goal. Came, I think, about 10 minutes or so from the end of time. It's all you need to do. Yeah, simple. Doesn't have to be this massive mm. like, attacking game. Just go out there and win. Yeah. And the final game that took place was between Lille and Chelsea, and it was a 2-1 victory for Chelsea in the end. Uh, Berich Yalmas did actually put Lyon... Lil in front for a penalty, but then Pulisic in the first half added time and Cesar Spilicueta, 20 minutes from the end of the game, secured an easy win for Thomas Tuchel's side. And I believe he's now won 32 games in his first 50 Champions League appearances, which is a very good feat. Yeah, seems pretty good at the Champions League level. I just wanted to know, have they made it back from Lil? Uh, yes, Angel Lucante carried them all. <laughs> on his back and just walked across the channel but yeah um, so the quarter final draws will be taking place uh, in the next few minutes f- uh, for us and we will get our live reaction when it does take place but it's going to be interesting to see 
uh, how that does play out in the next few minutes. Uh, let's so head over I'd to say we, the I say we talk Europa League first and then I believe the draw will be done by the time we've done that. Hopefully. So. Yes, so uh, Barcelona, they continue to be excellent under Xavi. Obviously heading into this second tie against Galatasaray, it was a nil-nil uh, draw, so it was all to play for. But uh, once again, Pedri doing Pedri stuff, showing why he is one of the best young talents in world football, if not the best young talent in world football at the minute. And then Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's life at Barcelona is just going from better to better each game. Yeah, I think you'd better say strength to strength in that, but hey, who cares? Like, yeah, better to better doesn't work. Yeah, we've already talked a lot, like Xavi's worked miracles with Aubameyang, considering how he's been for the majority of this season. Yeah. But it just shows the right manager can get anyone playing good. Um, but There's yeah, a lot to be excited about again with Barcelona. I look at the teams left and you go, they're falling there on as well. They should win this. Yeah. Uh, they've obviously got a very interesting game uh, this weekend, which we'll get into later when we look at our preview for the weekend's games. But, but of course, uh, I'm talking opening. How are they going to do it when they have to deal with David Moyes' mighty hammers, potentially? Yes, as they managed to win 2-0 to come back from 1-0 down on aggregate to beat Sevilla 2-0 with Thomas Suchek and Andrei Yarmolenko scoring the winner in the 112th minute. So the past week he scored two very uh, emotional goals for the Hammers. It's just nice that I can actually celebrate it this time as well, considering he did it against my <laughs> team at the weekend and now he's done it against the Europa League Masters. So, yeah. Yes. It was a lovely thing to see. Mm. Uh, elsewhere, Rangers managed to progress uh, despite losing on the ninth against Red Star Belgrade uh, 2-1. So they advanced through to the quarterfinals, winning uh, 4-2. Elsewhere as well, Braga managed to hold on to beat Monaco 3-1 on aggregate. Atalanta beat Bayer Leverkusen 1-0 on the night and 4-2 on aggregate. Real Betis managed to beat... Uh, no, sorry, lost to Eintracht Frankfurt 3-2 again. A game that went right down to the wire. The 121st minute and then an own goal by Guido Rodriguez put Frankfurt through. Otherwise, we were set to go to penalties in that game. And the Imagine final being game Guido between, Rodriguez uh, right now. Oh, no. And the final game between Leon versus uh, Porto finished 1-1 on the evening, but uh, Leon had won the first game 1-0, so they also advanced to the quarterfinals. And obviously the game between Spartak Moscow and RB Leipzig didn't take place. So again, the quarterfinal draw for that will take place after the today's Champions League draw. Yeah, and we won't be live reacting to that one, so get lost. Yes, but you can find out the draw on our Twitter page, at OffTCPod. Good lad. Now let's talk the England squad. Where do I start? I don't know. Look, everyone's going mad at this, but we've got to remember this is just friendlies. I'll only start caring towards the end of the season. Mm hmm. So there's notable admissions, but also at the same time, I think there's a lot that were right to be taken out. Like Rashford, nowhere near good enough. Right now, so yep, sensibly, sh- sensibly he was taken out. Kyle Walker yep, maybe is coming to the end as well. I feel. Yep. So I although think the, the, his time yep. in England's done. Although Southgate was giving it all the, I just want to try the young guys. Young guys. What? The? Mm. And it, look, we've got endless right back talent. I think we'll be doing fine dropping Kyle Walker now. Yeah, and I don't think he'll be too angry realistically. Mm. But the one that gets me is Jan Sancho missing out. I think that's incredibly harsh. Mm. I I honestly, I don't know. Like, he has been probably one of the best attacking players since the turn of the year. Well, no, I wouldn't even say the turn of the year because he started off quite poorly. But I'd say since mid-February, like this last month, Jadon Sancho has come into his own. And you would say, rightly so, he would be one of the first names on the team sheet and then you look at it and you think Jack Grealish has he done enough to get into this England squad see I'm actually going to be controversial here because I think you're directing it at the wrong person I think Jack Grealish absolutely should be in the squad because of what he can offer differently in terms of the way he is as a player 
I think we should be actually aiming at Emil Smith, right? Yeah, again, another one question marks. Should he be in this England squad? If we're being genuine, it's like, it's, yes, he's a good player. And he's one for the future, definitely. Mm-hmm. But the bad's practically a bench mm-hmm. warmer right now. Yeah, I mean, did he play for them Arsenal midweek against Liverpool? He came off the bench, but he, like, he has come off the bench. He's always one of the first ones off. And he's a quality player. Mm. But for me, when you've got Jan Sancho who starts more and he's playing a lot better for me at the moment, offering more yeah. as well, there's only mm-hmm. one that gets picked. Yeah, it is quite uh, ridiculous that Sancho has somehow missed out. I mean, we just go further back for Kaya Tamori. Definitely. One of the best defenders in the Italian league this season, without a shadow of a doubt, and he's not getting picked. Yeah, and uh, we can't use the excuse of, oh, he, he clearly, uh, Southgate's not watching Serie A because Tammy Abraham's in there. Like, So yeah. he's watching, so how has he missed that one? And I'm going to stick up for my, bo- uh-huh. my boy Tyrone Rings because I didn't like the slander that he got yesterday. He was top trending on Twitter because he was in the squad. That's Harry Maguire's in there. I mean, can we just not have both of them in the squad? You, you, and have Tamori and someone else in? If I'm going to be honest, Mark Guahi, you pick between the two, Guahi or Tamori? Tamori. Exactly. Like the, It's simple. Nice for Guahi that he's got the moment for this. Will he play much? I mm. doubt it. But nope. Like, Tamori absolutely should be in the squad and he should at least be considered. Yeah, and the fact that like he says the reason why Sancho isn't playing is because like of the attacking options we have going forward. Yeah, we have better defensive options than Mark Guayhi and Harry Maguire and Tyro Minks. Let's be honest; like Tamori should be in ahead of them three. Yeah, I wouldn't be against the defense of Tamori and Stones. Mm. And the f- so expect Mings and Maguire bath- for the World Cup. <laughs> Like the fact that he's genuine. I was seeing like on... people like Bing's gets in, and then what's the first one I see on Twitter? How does Eric Dyer miss out? Like, what? <laughs> oh, whoever said that? Just someone, throw your TV someone out the window. Someone fully took to and... Twitter and said it with chest. I don't understand why. Like he is one of the worst defenders in English football. It means there's a soundbite I can use that I've been waiting to use for weeks. What are you playing at? <laughs> uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah. Why not? We're definitely you, making uh, more use out of the Jeffrey Cox meme. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But um, I'm going to save my Maguire Southgate talk for the worst take of the week uh, a little later on. But yeah. Question marks over this England squad. However, I won't be watching the game because, like you said, they're two pointless friendlies. Once again, one against Switzerland, the other against Ivory Coast. I couldn't care less. I don't like international friendlies. Let's not talk about them anymore. Like, it'd be nice to check out, but yeah, they're just warm-ups, essentially. Yeah. And we're at the football one, one of the days that well, the game the first day has been played, so I won't be watching it anyway. We're going to talk some actual back. football. <laughs> yes, some meaningful football. I believe non-league weekend is also coming up as well. Non-league day. Yeah. So, yeah. Support women's football and non-league football. Exactly. Right. Uh, I believe the Champions League draw has now concluded. It fucking better have. Otherwise, I'm coming for Giorgio Marchetti. Right, no, I've said it. Yeah, it has. <laughs> They've just started the semi-final draw. Right, OK. Oh, wow. OK. Interestingly. The first one, where will I relate to it will be Chelsea. Against Real Madrid. Oof. Oh God, that has the potential to be very tasty. You know what? I could... it depends that's, on that's injuries. Nice. But yeah, I could, I could see Chelsea maybe nicking that. I don't know, Benzema. You always have to worry about Real yeah. Madrid. But here's one that you're gonna get. Considering Atletico already conquered one half of Manchester, can they conquer Manchester entirely because it's going to be Manchester City versus Atletico Madrid? Wow. 
Um, that's actually going to be amazing. The way Mad City are and then the way Atletico are as well. Like, that's going to be... It's going to be one where it, I don't think it'll be high scoring, like aggregate score. It's going to be like maybe 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 or something. It's going to be like one of them, but it's going to be proper. a real nitty-gritty tactical masterclass between the two managers. Pep better be playing his defensive midfielders then because it's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. And then the next two, you have Villarreal against Bayern Munich. Not the one Villarreal would have wanted. Yeah, just not the one Villarreal would have wanted, I think. And mm-hmm. that leaves Benfica against Liverpool. Uh, easy tie for Liverpool. I don't think it'd be as easy as you'd expect. Mm. I don't think it could be one where they just completely bulldoze it, but I think... Uh, they should still win it. But now they've actually done the semi-final lineup as well, so the way it would work is the winner of Man City and Atletico will play the Chelsea Real Madrid winner. Oh, so we could have a repeat of last year's final then in the semi-finals. Yes, and we have the potential for Liverpool versus Bayern Munich in the semis as well. <laughs> Very tasty uh, potential semi-final fives. Uh, ties even, not fives. <laughs> and the, it's the winner of semi-final two that is named the home team as well for the final I mean that really doesn't matter because it's been played at the Stade de France Parc de France the somewhere Stade in France. de France Paris yeah yeah that, those so, games take uh, place the, the first legs are the 5th and the 6th of April the second legs being the week after uh, so one, two, three weeks then for the first legs yeah I think Man City and Liverpool are quite happy that they're not playing each other or as it would have been that the, the potential of them to play in like four times in the space of a, a number of days hmm. which is uh, good entertainment for the neutrals but I think after a while it gets boring for the players having to travel back and forth from Manchester to Liverpool yeah well, hey, let's yeah, some yeah. interesting ties yeah not bad we'll definitely look forward to previewing them once at the time so, but li- for now Let's preview what we have to come this weekend, starting with the FA Cup. Yeah, so we have the quarterfinals. Uh, the first game takes place tomorrow uh, at quarter past five. And it's been, well, at the start of the week, it was the talk of the FA Cup as Middlesbrough are set to welcome Chelsea. Um, Chelsea, at the start of the week, they requested that the game be played behind closed doors for the integrity of the game. And then uh, Steve Gibson, the Middlesbrough chairman, came out and said, what are you on about integrity? You have got none based on the last 19 years. Do I have to pull out uh, Jeffrey Cox and, uh, again? <laughs> and then Chelsea, like the following morning, just you decided, OK, uh, we'll just withdraw that request. OK, and sorry, we booed. <laughs> we withdraw. Yeah, and now, appara- and now apparently I've seen that some of the tickets that... Uh, they haven't been able to sell Middlesbrough are apparently going to be selling them I would last the honourable club to withdraw their statement is that everybody's <laughs> going <laughs> very good very good yeah um, it's all for Chelsea yeah. trying to talk about sporting integrity like come on lads yeah just take a look in the mirror lads you're not one to be talking there uh, elsewhere on Sunday uh, the rest of the fixtures I, take place. I feel, I feel so, like we didn't really preview it. I, I do feel like there's a lot of football that are going to be rooting for Middlesbrough in this one. Oh, uh, no. All of football, apart from Chelsea fans, are going to be rooting for Middlesbrough in this one. Let's be honest. Yeah, potentially. Don't know how this one plays out. Obviously, this is the first one that, uh, like we said, the sanctions are going to have an impact on Chelsea in terms of travel, uh fans uh, availability and all that so interesting uh, to see how seriously they take it yeah um however you can't fault thomas tuchel he's throughout this whole situation he's been fully committed to the cause and he's got his players playing well and not getting distracted by the whole situation no he will and the way i see it like middlesbrough won't sit back like they didn't do that against tottenham they went for them and they Mm. made it difficult Chelsea are happy mm. to sit back a bit more at times but they do control games very yeah. well as well so it'll be quite interesting how this plays out mm, but then you look at the flip side and you're like do maybe Middlesbrough want to get out at this round because they're on the cusp of the playoffs I mean they're on the same amount of points and goal difference as QPR who are 
occupy that sixth place. Uh, but but maybe see, they want to push for the playoffs. But obviously, never, it never matters. For a, it never matters for a championship club when you've got Wembley in the next round as a big incentive as well. Mm. Yeah, but uh, would you take the FA Cup and miss out on promotion, or would you take promotion to the Premier League? Obviously, that means a lot more. It's worth a lot more as well. But the FA Cup is once potentially in like a generation. Mm. For a club like that, at the level they're currently in, you know, you you want that just as much. Yeah, I mean, both are obviously still on the table. Can I have both? <laughs> both, both is good. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, let's have a look at the other ties. So, kicking off us, kicking us off on Sunday is Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace against broken-handed Frank Lampard Everton. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad we we beat Newcastle. Yeah, no, but seriously, I've broken my hand. I don't know how I've done it. I don't know how he did it either, but uh, we can get onto that talk in a second. Um, I think this is going to be a really close tie. I, I really like the way Vieira has his Crystal Palace side set up and playing. Like He's doing a lot better than what I was expecting him to do, and they're really good to watch. Everton, obviously, they played last night in the league against... Uh, Newcastle, so there's going to be that bit of tiredness where Crystal Palace. I don't think they played this midweek, did they? They last played, I believe, against Man City. So that would have been the weekend. No, Monday night football. It was wasn't a Monday. It? Yeah, yeah, so they've was. had obviously big with, that. Big with Palace, as we've seen now, that they are very good at the attacking sets, but they can now also do well defensively if they're just asked to sit in, keep the shape, and see games out. Yeah, and I think this is the type of game they'll be able to do that very well. Uh, then the three o'clock game is Southampton versus Manchester City. I do worry for Ralph Hasenhutl's side, though. Yeah, they are on the kind of form where it's like a 9 nil on the horizon, is it? Mm, I mean, they are 10th currently. Well, I think they're 10th still in the Premier League. I don't know how midweek's results have changed. No, they are still 10th. Um... But yeah, it's one of them. They haven't got anything really to play for in the league. Like they're mid-table. I don't expect them to push for that seventh place. And obviously, uh, relegation isn't something they're going to be fearing too much. So they can theoretically go all out in this tie. But you don't want to be going out too much against some deadly Man City side. Or I do think we'll see some changes from Pep Guardiola. I don't know. They've taken this pretty seriously. If you've seen their team ops against like lower league clubs as mm. well, and I feel like Southampton have to go for it. They've got no choice. Yeah, this is their their only real like high point that they can aim for now this season. Mm-hmm. Be uh, it's interesting to see if Southampton do pip them to it, uh, and then the final game, uh, six o'clock, Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool. Obviously, we all know what happened to Forrest in the last round, knocking out... Was it Arsenal in the last round, or was that round three? I can't fucking remember. Arsenal was round three, Leicester was round four, and then they beat Huddersfield in the last one. Yes. So, so yeah. maybe... Been, they've given their own real story in this competition. I've been quite impressed every time I've watched them. I, I yeah. love watching their right-back, Jed Spence. He's class. <sighs> He's goal in midweek. Wow! Yeah, what that an as well. absolute oh, beautiful Jesus goal Christ. that was. No one you'll, you'll make missed. a beautiful replacement for Matty Cash. No wonder he's been uh, targeted by a lot of top teams at this minute in time. He is absolutely phenomenal, and the way Steve Cooper has got this side playing compared to we spoke about them earlier on in the, uh, the season on the podcast, how poor they started this season, and then Steve Cooper comes in and has just got them playing phenomenally. Again, one point outside of uh, the playoffs. They do have a game in hand over QPR and Middlesbrough. So again, they're in a similar boat to Middlesbrough, where is it one where you'd want to go out and concentrate on getting that last playoff spot and potentially getting to Wembley to return to the Premier League, or do you just want to continue this great cup run that you have going on and uh, get as far into the competition as possible yeah. but this cup run has also just helped their momentum in the league as well yeah no, so you've just... got to keep going mm-hmm. but, um... and plus they've got, there's got to be one Man United player at Wembley isn't there oh yeah Jimmy Garner 
The fact he's only recently turned 21 as well. I feel like I've known about him for fucking years. I know. Is, that, is there a point where United give a chance to him? Next season. I think he gets involved in the team next season. You would hope so. Otherwise, you do start questioning if you're him. Especially if Forrest was to come up as well. Yeah. But even if they don't, I think he could get a decent Premier League uh, move elsewhere. I really do. Um, right. Let's see uh, the other games we have this weekend. We have a couple of Premier League fixtures starting off tonight from Molyneux as Wolverhampton Wanderers welcome Jesse Marsh's Leeds United to uh, the Midlands. Leeds obviously picked up that first win under Jesse Marsh against Norwich last weekend, whilst Wolves, they managed to beat a poor Everton side and have won uh, their last two games because they obviously beat Watford. So they know how to beat the teams in and around the relegation zone. Could the same happen tonight for them? It should do, considering they've got the incentive to keep going. But they're aiming to reach Tottenham. The, mm. as we know can slip up a little bit, but they will make it difficult to to reach and it's a chance for Leeds as well to pull away after what was a very important win last weekend like it's yeah. not going to be easy no. but I expect them to give it a go mm-hmm. and we'll just quickly go through the other fixtures because uh, there isn't uh, there's only three of the fixtures this weekend uh, one tomorrow between your Aston Villa and Arsenal in the lunchtime kickoff. Um then on Sunday the early kickoff is Leicester Brentford at 2 o'clock and then Half four sees the Battle of London as Tottenham Hotspur take on West Ham United, which is a game that obviously Wolves will be playing close attention to should they win tonight. Because if they win, they go ahead of both West Ham and Tottenham into sixth place and get that Europa Conference League uh, spot. And obviously, come the end of the season, it could come down to like a point or two between those three sides. So it's going to be very interesting how that derby plays out on Sunday. Yeah, I didn't expect it to actually be that close between Wolves and Tottenham. I thought there was a couple more points in it, but yeah. The way Tottenham West Ham always seems to be mm-hmm. quite fiery. Sometimes a bit close. Could be quite interesting. Yeah. Right, uh, let's have a look at the other games around Europe this weekend before we head into the Predictions League. And let's start off over in La Liga because there's only one place we can start, and that is Sunday afternoon, or oh, Sunday evening, sorry, as we head to the Camp No, not the Camp Nou, Santiago Bernabeu, as Real Madrid welcome Barcelona. As like, Even if it was the Camp Nou, you, you, you're wrong, it's the Spotify Camp Nou now. Not until next season. And I know, but... Yeah. Like, it, I feel like just a little bit of talk on that, because like, I don't think it's that bad. Oh, no, it, it just sounds horrendous, though, saying it. Like, Does if, it... The Spotify Camp Nou, or now. It's, no one's oh. going to actually call it that, though. No, there, no one is. You're right, but uh, I just, I don't like it. I absolutely hate it, or hundred percent. But um, very. It's going to look nice on the kids, though. Well, I did see something. I don't know how true this report is. There's that, the picture um, that has been going around. They're going for like a design that was similar to one they had like decades or two ago. No, it, it was quite nice. It wasn't to do with the well. It was to do with the kit, but not the kit design. It was apparently um, every so often they could change it out to have like an artist or like an album on the shirt sponsor. I, again, take this with an absolute massive pinch of salt. I don't know how true that report is. But on the game itself, Xavi has got this Barcelona team playing excellently, looking real uh, class, and then Real Madrid. They're just one of the best teams in Europe at the minute, constantly getting the results they needed. Uh, Karen Benzema looking lively as ever, and there's been rumours this week that uh, Vinicius Junior could be in line for a contract extension as well. So it's going to be a very, very feisty game, and not one that I can call. Mate, if we if this was the first one back earlier on this season, I'd say Real Madrid are going to win this comfortably. Now, I don't know which way I'm going to swing. Yeah, it's nice to see the fixtures got intriguing again. Because the last one was all about, oh, there's no Messi or Ronaldo, it's boring. Where's the quality in this? Barcelona are crap. And now they feel not equal. Like, Real Madrid may be slightly ahead, given how their season has gone. Yeah. But Barcelona are on a great run and could definitely stop them. 
Oh, 100%. And there's not, that's not the only interesting tie we have this weekend, uh, because the game just before that at half past five sees Sevilla take on Real Sociedad. Sevilla in second place, 10 points behind Real Madrid, while Sociedad are in sixth, occupying that Europa Conference League place, and they could take that giant leap forward towards potentially getting that last Champions League spot and uh, distance themselves between uh, Villarreal, so again a very good tie to look forward to and then the other top four side Atletico Madrid they play on Saturday evening against Rayo Vallecano which should be an easy win there for Diego Simeone's side uh, over in Germany this weekend Bayern Munich they play host to Union Berlin on Saturday lunch time Saturday evening sorry uh, Borussia Dortmund they travel to Cologne on Sunday uh, now it's only a four point gap between Bayern and Dortmund after Dortmund won 1-0 in midweek against Mainz, which was their game they missed the other week due to COVID. So yeah. they can't afford to drop points anymore by Munich, can they? That is very on Bayern to drop mm. points and actually make a title race out of it. So, yeah, give me more title races in European football. Yeah, uh, elsewhere, the Sunday we have some good games. Uh, RB Leipzig against Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, it should be a very good game. And Wolfsburg versus Bayer Leverkusen. So... Three good games to look forward to this Sunday in Germany. In France this weekend, PSG, they travel to Monaco on Sunday lunchtime. Again, 15-point gap for Mauricio Pochettino's side should be an easy win there. Marseille, who are up to second, they travel to Nice in the game of the weekend there. Obviously, second versus third, both level on points, but it's the fact that uh, I believe Marseille have beaten Nice earlier on in the season that they are ahead of Nice because goal difference is the exact same so definitely want to from right, this wasn't the game that got called off because of the fan incidents was it Ooh, that may have been so that's why I kept thinking I, I don't know I can't remember. probably got big stuff I know it was Marseille but I can't remember the other team no, I don't actually. But yeah, a uh, very interesting tie there. And then finally, over in Italy this weekend, Inter Milan play Fiorentina uh, on Saturday. Napoli, they play host to Udinese. So you're going to have uh, Napoli as favourites there. And then uh, AC Milan, they travel to Cagliari on Saturday afternoon. And then finally, out of the race for uh, the title Juventus play host to Salernitana again that should be an easy victory there for Juve and Roma play Lazio which is yeah I was going to say Salo proper big derby yep and obviously a point separating the it, two sides and it, it was Nice and Marseille last August thank you the, but it descended the chaos and all the, the massive brawls that happened Yes, uh, so very good games this weekend across Europe. So if you don't want to watch any FA Cup action, definitely try and watch some of this European action this week. But do watch the FA Cup because it's great. Yes, split screen's possible. Just watch them both. Exactly. Um, right, I'll hand it over to you now for predictions league. Yes, and I need to start winning properly again. Yes. Though you are a point ahead of me because you beat me in fantasy this week. I destroyed you in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, that's because you triple captained Harry Kane and he scored in both matches. Exactly, you said it was stupid. You said it was a stupid idea. Well, from how you was talking the hype against uh, pre-Man United, it was stupid talk when you look at the game. what did he do? What did he He do? He scored. He scored in both games. Anyway, enough about the past, let's look to the future. What are the six games you got for me? You're stuck in the past, mate. You're a manual fan. Well, not. I can't say anything as a Villa fan. Exactly. Uh, first game, Crystal Palace against Everton. I have gone for 2-0 Crystal Palace. Hang on, hang on. Jesus Christ, you don't give me a I'm chance I'm speeding through this. I'm, we take forever with these segments. Good, carry on. Keep going. What score did you say? I said 2-0 Crystal Palace. Okay, I've gone 1-0 uh, to Palace. So the second game is Premier League this time. Uh, Leicester against Brentford. I've gone with a 1-1. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 to Leicester. And next game I've gone for a Tottenham against West Ham. 
Uh, Which league do you you'll score first? I'm going to go West Ham to win it 3-2. See, I can't predict a West Ham winning this because i got to feel they could be a bit tired from their exploits last uh, Thursday. I think Tottenham are going to win 2-1. Last th- what you said? What did you say last Thursday? For you, like, I meant I, I don't know. I said <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. Last night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This allowed me. Okay, and three European games. Of course, I'm going to make you predict El Clasico. Uh, I think Real Madrid win this and end the good run that uh, Xavi Ball has been on, and they win this two-one. See, either we're both going to have terrible weeks or one of us is going to have a good week because I've gone for Barcelona to win 2-1. Okay. (laughs) Oh, God, it's going to go so badly for me. (laughs) (laughs) Be optimistic, lad. Well, hopefully I can get this one right because next I've gone for the other derby that's happening and that's Roma against Lazio. And I will say why first, I'm going for a 2-2. I'm also going to go for a draw, but I'm going to go with 1-1 in that one. Screams high scorer, this one. Fair enough. And the final game for us this weekend, what have you got? Hmm. Well, this one I don't think will be a high scorer. I've gone for Monaco against PSG, which I think will be 1-1. Interesting. Um, I think PSG will just win it, and I'm going to go for PSG to win 2-1. Okay, um, point difference. Uh, we're not going to take fantasy into consideration this week because there's barely any games, so, and I've barely got any players playing. I've got five players active. I don't even think I've got that. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna, you are not having a good time with it. I've got four. Oh no, I can make five if I bring in Mikel Antonio. There we go. Anyway. Uh, that is the predictions league and before we end let's have the worst take of the week <sighs> yes and I feel like we've changed this slightly because neither of us seem to agree anymore so we just bring one each to the table that's fine I'll let you go off first with your worst take of the week oh why <laughs> <laughs> see I'm going to be I've been controversial here, but I think Roy Keane's comments on Rafael Varane and Harry Maguire about wearing gloves was just a bit ridiculous is it? yeah like there's bigger things to worry about like look at the state of their defending right now yeah and play and wearing gloves plays a part into it why are you wearing gloves it was the way he said it he felt like he knew what he was doing when he said it oh of course he does did he he actually like he didn't care really he just said it he knew he, he would draw up Attention and people will be commenting on commenting on it throughout the whole week, and he's managed to get you hook, line, and sinker with it. So well, yeah, <laughs> it's Roy Keane. I wouldn't hand him the award specifically. Exactly. I'm not going to give Roy Keane a bad take award. Jesus Christ, no, thank you. So the majority of his takes are very good. This was just a bit weird. Yeah, he was right though. It's the middle of bloody March, lads. You don't need to be wearing gloves. But you said you had one and it was based around Southgate talking about, again, Harry Maguire. Yes. So, obviously, everyone's been questioning how's Maguire got into the team because he has been one of the worst defenders in world football this season. And Southgate says on why he managed to pick Maguire, he says, I don't think it ever crossed our minds not to select Harry Maguire for this squad. There wasn't a chance we weren't going to call him or... He's one of our best centre-backs. I always get criticised for being inconsistent, but there are nuances. We have more competition in the wide areas. I'm sorry, but he's one of our best centre-backs. That's saying a lot of <laughs> your defence right now. One of our best centre-backs. Has he not been watching any of Manchester damning. United this season? Has he, has he been at Old Trafford? That, that's more damning of England's defence. I, if anything I'm pretty sure he has been at Man United games this season he's just, he's just managed to insult every single English defender right there uh, it's just Jesus Christ honestly but yeah we, like 
we call it, it's a bad take and it's a bad take but a, a take that's not exactly shocking because it's Gareth Southgate and he has his favourites yep I mean it's just that is just disrespectful to Fakayo Tomori like that is just rubbing salt into the wounds there saying Maguire's one of our best centre-backs yeah, oh, oh you oh, oh, what, oh, oh what's this Fakayo a Serie A title winner's medal oh, that's nice but do you have Harry Maguire's defensive capability? I don't know what to say. <laughs> defensive capabilities. But do you have a head like Harry Maguire? <laughs> Could you score headers from corners? Yes. Yes, he can. Do you run into your own teammates and nearly knock them out? Do you nearly make Cristiano Ronaldo need to have a nose job? No. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why you're not in the well, team for Maguire. There you go, then. Get out of my office. Get out. <laughs> oh, it's... It, that just pains me. It really does. It does, but we've got to have a terrible World Cup. That's the only way Southgate goes, and I don't want us to have a terrible World Cup. No, I, I do. Because I can't stand watching I don't. Southgate. I want us to win. I want war. I want to win. Um, yeah, that's not happening. They're not winning this World Cup. Anyway, we can save World Cup talk for later on in the year because it's March and the World Cup's not until November. So let's not worry about that. Right, uh, that is the lot for this week's uh, talk we'll be back next week to look at the FA Cup action that takes place and all the big games that are taking place across Europe and any more developments on Chelsea which there should be because today is the deadline for people to get uh, their bids in for the club well let's face it every day has been like insert name of person and consortium that wants to buy Chelsea football club yes but let's see. It's always if it, if they were really good characters, it would be like if you remember the Barcelona presidential election when we really dug into that one, like last season. Yes. Uh, but if there isn't, but unfortunately, you don't you don't see enough info with these lot. No. And nothing entertaining or surprising about them. It's just all boring, rich people that are apparent Chelsea fans. <laughs> he, he's... I don't know. Didn't you see Nick Candy at that government party in his Chelsea kit? Now, too busy. Sorry, work meeting. Yes. Sorry, it was a work, work meeting, meeting <laughs> with alcohol. Come on, get your facts right. Anyway, that is the lot for this week. Like I said at the start, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us from and follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. And until next time, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon. <laughs>